So on the recent uh, Wisaka Puja day, the day of the Lord Buddha's birth, enlightenment, and parinibbana, there was a question from one of the laity asking if the Buddha on the day of his enlightenment had developed the Satipatthana, uh, the four foundations of mindfulness as he sat below the Bodhi tree. And Longpur responds uh, tonight by saying that on that occasion, the Buddha was focusing on his breath and on Anapanasati. And this development of mindfulness of breathing allowed him to move through the four jhanas. Um, and this uh, moving into more and more res refined states of samadhi or uh, mental uh, calm represent one form of satipatthana, uh, namely uh, kayanupasana, mindfulness of the body, the first foundation. However, this development was not yet vipassana or insight it represented uh, a practice in concentration. Once the Buddha had reached the fourth jhana, in the first watch of the night, he turned his mind to look into his previous rebirths and previous lives. The Lord Buddha had an immense amount of paramita, or spiritual perfections. And so when he turned uh, the concentrated, gathered mind he developed through refined samadhi towards his past, he was able to see very far uh, into his previous rebirths, able to recollect a hundred thousand previous rebirths, uh, millions, able to see how his past lives had played out even during the uh, lives when he had met or existed at the same time as previous Buddhas. During the second watch of the night from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., he saw the karmic paths taken by other beings, how they were uh, pass, passing away and being reborn according to their own karmic conditions. This was the fruit of extremely refined concentration to know with insight the karma of other beings. And this was another uh, thing that the Buddha was able to see. However, both of these knowledges represent a form of samadhi practice or calm but not yet uh, Vipassana as we know it. On the third watch of the night, the Buddha recollected the uh, cycle of dependent origination, seeing how ignorance gave rise to suffering. This represents the foundation of mindfulness of Dhammanupasana or mindfulness of Dhamma he was able to see in that moment how ignorance 
leads through a series of events to upadana, clinging, and eventually to dukkha, or suffering, and how this cycle traps one uh, and all beings in the cycle of samsara. The moment of insight and wisdom engendered by this knowledge destroyed the delusion of the Buddha and led to his enlightenment to Niroda or cessation. And this was the culmination of his using the Satipatthana during the night of his enlightenment, namely the fourth foundation of Dhammanupasana. The Satipatthana is the way to mitigate or end suffering. It's uh, intertwined with the Eightfold Path, with Sila, Samadhi, and Panya as well. And in certain senses is indistinguishable from these things. We maintain mindfulness of the four foundations, the body, the feelings, the mind, and Dhamma. And in doing so, we develop on this path. In daily life, we can see how uh, not maintaining mindfulness can lead to us moving through life in an automatic way. Our chitta, or uh, heart, mind, sends a message to the brain, which uh, in turn controls or directs the body. But this process can occur with almost no mindfulness, almost automatically. Only if we practice establishing mindfulness in the present moment can we strengthen uh, the mind and begin to see clearly how mental aramana or impressions and all of these different objects of the Satipatthana both arise and cease in each moment and each day. If the mind is quiet, if it is still, then it has a clear and solid vantage point from which to see this change. And it can see that the body is just that much. It's just a body. It's not a person, not a self, not other, and not mine. However, if the mind has not achieved a state of calm, then it grasps onto everything it perceives as owning it, as me and mine. From its recollection of the early stages of this body's life and of what we were as children, it attributes uh, selfhood and self to those early stages of life. It attributes the same qualities to our current existence, uh, asserting on a deep level that we own uh, this body, mind, feelings. And it also attaches to the future it imagines for itself. Namely, it takes and gathers together rupa, nama, or the aspects of name and form, and uh, attributes a self to them. However, with mindfulness, we realize that there is no self in the past, that there was no self uh, in the future yet, and that there is no self even now, that what we have instead is nature manifesting 
and passing away according to causes and conditions that the attribution of selfhood to this process is unnecessary. So such reflections represent refined Dhammic insights. However, the Buddha began by giving very practical instructions on how we should build goodness in our minds and hearts, how we begin to walk in Dhamma, how we begin to walk this path. We do good. We create the causes for happiness, for a bright mind. Uh, while we can, when appropriate, contemplate the three characteristics of existence, anicca, anatta, and dukkha, namely impermanence, uh, not self, and suffering. In the meantime, we also must work to cultivate those most basic and essential wholesome qualities in the mind. We specifically, uh, dana, the quality of giving, and sila, the quality of uh, keeping ethical conduct. If we cultivate uh, dana or giving, what we are actually strengthening is our ability and tendency, our habit to be willing to sacrifice for others. When we sacrifice and get used to giving in this way, we begin to realize that the mind, the chitta, grows in happiness from such activity. It brightens and lightens based on giving. And this wholesomeness uh, gives us the foundation for all good states which may follow. If we cultivate this, if we give regularly, the habit of giving to others, of sacrificing, becomes regular, becomes something that we are accustomed to and becomes easier based on that. Now, it's not enough. Um, one may give, but still be involved in evil activities in one's life and other aspects. There are thieves and corrupt people who also give. But in even these cases, it is a start. And if such people can learn to give up their evil ways and other aspects of their life, then uh, this will purify their path even further. But the essential uh, beginning point can be seen as this giving. And it can take many forms, apart from simply material gifts. One may practice giving forgiveness. It's inevitable in daily life that we will encounter states of uh, annoyance, of dislike, but there's no need to get lost in such states and uh, watch the mind begin to fall into maliciousness and uh, directed and focused thoughts of ill will. There's no need to consciously engage with a passing thought of uh, annoyance or dislike with unwholesome intention and thereby build it into something uh, much more unwholesome. When we see such negative thoughts arise, we can instead establish mindfulness 
see them as just mental impressions and abandon them, not engaging in their more virulent forms, which we sometimes can give rise to. And if we manage to do this, uh, if we truly manage to see such negative states as just passing uh, aspects of nature, then our view in this has grown uh, one step in goodness. It's become correct on one level. However, if we don't have right view, if we don't know even how to engage with such negative thoughts in the correct way, um, or walk the path in our daily life according to Dhamma, then everything we do can uh, be wrong, including establishing mindfulness in a wrong way. If view is not set correctly, uh, is not set in line with Dhamma, then all the aspects of the Eightfold Path which follow can become twisted. However, if we have correct view as the forerunner, then everything that follows can follow in a pure manner. Our sila uh, will grow in purity. We will put forth right effort. Uh, the kama we create in body, speech, and mind will be pure and move in the direction of uh, goodness. This harkens back to the Awada Padimoka, the essential teaching that the Buddha said was the heart of his dispensation, namely um, to avoid doing evil, to undertake the good and to purify the mind. We try to do good in as many ways as we can, whether it's by engaging in sacrifice and giving or also uh, even chanting in undertaking wholesome dhammic activities. And this is our essential starting point and uh, foundation in practice. There can come a point where the citta, the mind, enters into states of emptiness that uh, in some respect and through wisdom um, are outside of cause and effect, outside of suffering and happiness, outside of these dualities. However, in the meantime, what we uh, turn our attention and efforts to is the development of goodness, of this bright foundation for the mind and heart. The citta gathers in power and strength, it gathers in brightness, and it develops happiness. Dana and sila, giving and morality, are our basis. This is the Buddha's dispensation. However, he went on by saying that in the end, one also has to acknowledge that all sankara, all conditioned phenomena, are in Nietzsche they change and are therefore suffering at their most deep level. We can work to earn money and develop uh, wholesome states. We uh, live our lives as best we can. 
And we recognize that passing conditions such as wealth and loss, happiness and uh, suffering come and go, that they exist according to the nature of all sankhara, which is impermanent and transitory. However, our job is to make even these transitory things arise uh, in the, their wholesome aspects as often and as frequently as possible. We try to give rise to the good, even though it will pass away. When we brighten the mind like this, it gives rise to rapture, pity. Such brightness of mind allows us to see the drawbacks of the negative aspects uh, of our unwholesome behavior and of the world around us. When we see such drawbacks, it leads to nibida and wiraga, a disenchantment and dispassion. And from there, craving can end. We see the iramana, mental impressions in our lives, arise and fall as we keep mindfulness. And this strengthens the perception of not-self. And when we see uh, this aspect of not-self in our experience, then we have seen dhamma. We, the citta perceives that both in its state of liking and disliking, there is no need to attribute a self. It is not us. All of it is impermanence. In daily life, most people have no mindfulness in this way. They follow their happiness and suffering, becoming drunk on both. They're lost. However, if we maintain mindfulness, seeing that what mental impressions come and go are not us, not mine, not a self, then we perceive Dhamma. We see that this is the way in, of nature. We don't grow attached to such phenomena. And through not attaching to it and maintaining mindfulness, we destroy wrong view. This practice depends at its most basic level on effort. It's not easy, but it is also not too hard and certainly not above the ability of any of us. We all have the ability to walk this path. If we find that we have a great deal of merit and spiritual perfections already built, then we use them as we are able. And if we find that perhaps we don't, then we take the opportunity in this life to build as much as we can. So every day in our uh, regular existence, it's important to maintain a contemplation of impermanence to practice in whatever posture and activities we find ourselves in. Uh, intentionally teach the chitta, the mind, as you move through the day, the day. When you see a sick person, you can ask yourself, uh, you know, this will become me someday, won't it? I am also not uh, above sickness. When one sees an aging person, one asks the same question, reminding oneself that one also is not above aging. When one sees a corpse, 
or a dead person, one reflects that I too will pass. However, in the beginning, once again, we focus on these most basic foundations of giving and ethics of sacrifice, of brightening the mind and establishing a firm basis in wholesome states for the rest of our practice to rest on. And one day, once these conditions have been cultivated, the mind uh, may gather and it may remain in a state of lucid calm for a brief moment or for an entire day or maybe for several days. Uh, such prolonged states of samadhi are completely possible and within our reach. So I encourage you, or Longpore encourages you, to cultivate such happiness that comes from goodness and wholesome qualities, to cultivate the recollection of the triple gem, the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, uh, and such qualities and such recollection will serve as a true refuge in all times and all places.